Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444, Wednesday, February 9th. Coming up on the show today, we will hear from Chris Lowe from ESPN as he tries to explain the Auburn Tigers. I'll give you what lessons Tennessee fans and other fan bases in the SEC should learn from the Auburn Tigers debacle right now. The Nashville Predators are finally back on the ice on Wednesday night. We've got your Nashville SC Golden Nuggets from the guys Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan over at the Club and Country Podcast. But we begin with some coaching contract news for the Tennessee Titans. The Kingston Group is donating its title sponsor of the show for this week to a wonderful organization here in Middle Tennessee called Our Kids. It's a national nonprofit that provides expert medical evaluation and crisis counseling in response to concerns about child sexual abuse. One of our most important and most popular events has been Soup Sunday every single February. We've got dozens of the best chefs in Nashville competing to see who can make the best soup in the city, all under one roof at Nissan Stadium, coming up in two Sundays. Again, that's February 20th. Eat some of the best soups in town, gorge yourself on the most creative and unique flavors you'll ever taste, and of course, help Middle Tennessee kids in need while you're doing it. It's extremely family-friendly. Kids can get in for five bucks. It's just a killer event for all ages. Get your tickets today at OurKidsCenter.com. They usually sell out, and only a 1,000 are available, so definitely only while supplies last. That's OurKidsCenter.com. Eat great food and help our kids. It's a no-brainer. Now, this first piece of news on the show today is, of course, probably completely a formality, but it is news, and it is coaching news about the Tennessee Titans. They officially announced Tim Kelly as the passing game coordinator and Bobby King as the inside linebackers coach, but more importantly, they have extended the contracts of general manager John Robinson and head coach Mike Vrabel. Quote, I am proud to say that John and Mike will be leading our football team for years to come, said Titans controlling owner Amy Adams Strunk. Quote, I have seen the team improve on a yearly basis under their direction, and I know their singular goal is to deliver a championship for our fans. Together, they have developed a culture within our organization that has been essential to our success. Their values align with mine and what I want the Titans to be. They demand excellence from themselves and others, work well together, are always striving to improve, and they care deeply for our players and staff. Again, this was a complete formality. It would be idiotic for Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans organization to not bring back John Robinson and Mike Vrabel for any particular reason. And I know that there are always going to be questions about why Mike Vrabel made a decision here or didn't win that game there or John Robinson's draft pick here or free agent signing there. No one is perfect as a general manager or a head coach. But all you need to do is look at their body of work and look at what happened before they got here. Mike Vrabel's four years as a head coach. Look at what he's accomplished. Two division titles, a trip to the AFC Championship game, a 2,000-yard rusher, four winning seasons, three trips to the playoffs. Look what the previous coaching staffs did before him. John Robinson, six years on the job. Look at where that roster was under previous leadership and look at the talent on the roster and look at what they accomplished, how many games they won, and compare it to John Robinson. It is a no-brainer that this organization is winning and successful right now because of two people. John Robinson and Mike Vrabel leading the ship. And now the contract formality is in the past. So yesterday I tried to explain what the heck was going on with the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson, And today you will hear from Chris Lowe of ESPN, who's been on the ground reporting on all of this. If you want to hear the entire conversation uh, on Fringe Element, our SEC podcast, make sure you go check that out. That's out today as well. But I wanted to offer a lesson and maybe a message to Tennessee fans about what's taking place at Auburn. Because Tennessee has been dealing with this same type of dysfunction, disorganization, 
disagreement with power brokers and people that want to be in charge of their football program. They love Tennessee so much, just like the folks at Auburn love Auburn so much, that they love being in control of the program and the football team more than they actually see and understand what's best for the program. And I am hopeful, as I have said for over a year now, that Dondi Plowman taking over as chancellor, that, that Danny White taking over as athletic director, that we now have alignment, that we have agreement, people in charge. You know where in the SEC we have alignment and people in charge making the decisions about football and not the fans who are overzealous and meddling? Alabama, Georgia. When you find the guys who know what they're doing, Men and women, you have to let them do their jobs and put them in place. Texas A&M is learning this and has learned this over the last few years with power brokers that are all in line. It's the most aligned we've seen Texas A&M maybe in the history of the program, and it's why Jimbo Fisher has them closer to winning a national championship than ever before. I'm not suggesting this means Josh Heupel's perfect, but it means the lesson here for Tennessee fans is that they may have the people in charge to bring this program back to relevancy. And the only thing that could stop that from happening is if Tennessee fans get in their own way again. And I'm not talking about the average guy on Twitter or sitting in the upper deck at Neyland Stadium. I'm talking about the big boosters, the ones that make all the big decisions. Learn from Auburn, learn from their mistakes, see what they're doing, and do the opposite. Under no circumstances should anyone ever do what Auburn does. And maybe A&M and maybe Tennessee, these are lessons that they've learned, and they might actually be successful moving forward because of that alignment. That is the lesson Tennessee fans should take from what's happening down at Auburn. We had the great Chris Lowe from ESPN on the Fringe Element SEC podcast out every single Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And we talked about who could take over for Brian Harson, what lessons can be learned, like we just talked about on this show. A lot of stuff with Chris Lowe, just fantastic stuff. But I asked him one particular question to start our conversation, and that is, do Auburn football fans love Auburn more than they love having control over Auburn? And this was his answer. You're talking about the top of the the top dogs, right? The guys who who make the decisions. Probably a little bit of both. You know, a lot of times, love of a program, even some of the smartest, um, most successful people when it comes to college football, just sort of lose it all. You know, lose all sort of seeming seemingly the you know touch the reality about what's you know what's going on or what needs to happen or how you run a business or how you run a football team or athletic department. I think over the years that's probably happened at Auburn a ton. I don't question anybody there at Auburn's love of that university or the football team, but it's um, this has happened now for I don't know better part of the last couple of decades, and you're talking three coaching changes in three years. I mean that doesn't happen anywhere else but Auburn. After a week off for the All-Star break, the Nashville Predators finally get back onto the ice against the Dallas Stars on the road. 7 p.m. puck drop. That one on TNT, by the way. Special programming note there. They are 28-14-4 on the season. Philip Forsberg's on an absolute tear. David Poyle, in recent interviews, has said that they are not close to making any decisions about the trade deadline, which, of course, is March 21st. So uh, after a big chunk of time off, uh, they are still sitting in second place in the entire Western Conference and get back in action against Dallas on Wednesday evening. A programming note for the Gold Standard podcast covering the Nashville Predators. We will be out Thursday around lunch as we react to the Dallas Stars game. Nashville will play Winnipeg on Saturday over the weekend. 
In the SEC in basketball, Tennessee back on the court on the road against Mississippi State. The Vols, of course, ranked number 19 after a couple of wins last week. Tip time on Wednesday evening is 8 p.m. Central Time before Tennessee hosts, of course, Vanderbilt over the weekend. Florida will host Georgia and Alabama will travel to Ole Miss all on Wednesday night. It is Wednesday, and the guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, are back in the saddle over at the Club and Country podcast covering Nashville SC as the season is going to be underway here in a couple of weeks, and that means Golden Nuggets are back on the show. The guys had an awesome episode this week with John Champion, the great John Champion, talking all things MLS, U.S. Men's National Team, Gary Smith, Nashville SC. Go check it out. It's a great episode. But the Golden Nugget for the week this week, again, trying to make everybody a little smarter as we enter year three in the MLS, the guys want you to know just how valuable our superstar center back, Walker Zimmerman, has been for the U.S. men's national team during World Cup qualifying. Walker Zimmerman started, went the distance, and wins over El Salvador and Honduras. And he scored a goal that U.S. men's national team fans didn't recognize but looked familiar to NSC fans. It looked like the first goal in club history. I even tweeted that. Maybe you did too. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, a free kick from a distance, deflected down, put in with the with the boot by Walker, not the head. And uh, he put the USA in a good spot. They ended up getting the win over Honduras. Um, he was also credited with an assist on Christian Pulisic's insurance goal. Um, he missed the Canadian match. I think a lot of us identified that as a potential error by Greg Berhalter beforehand. And can't say that he was he he could have solely saved things, but center back play was was a little spotty at times there. Yeah, and it's been the case over the course of this cycle. Um, when he plays, the United States has a 6-1-1 one one record that's in eight games, and they've conceded three total goals. When he doesn't play, and yes, this Canadian game is, is a big part of that, but when he doesn't play, the team is, is one win, one loss, and two draws when he doesn't play, and they only have one clean sheet in that entire stretch. So I think, based on the advanced analytics that we're running here, Walker Zimmerman <laughs> should probably be playing a little more frequently for the U.S. men's national team. That was your golden nugget for the week. Yeah, Walker Zimmerman, he's pretty good. Pretty important for the U.S. men's national team, not to mention Nashville SC, the two-time MLS Defender of the Year, reigning Defender of the Year. If you want an awesome episode as the preseason begins for Nashville SC, again, just a couple of weeks away from the regular season starting for year number three of MLS in Nashville, John Champion, the great commentator from ESPN, their lead football commentator, he was on with the guys, had a long conversation with them. It's a fantastic episode. Go check it out. Wes and Tim back in the saddle club and country podcast out everywhere. Podcasts are found as a reminder. Of course, the 440 is brought to you this week by our kids soup Sunday event coming up February the 20th, the best chefs and best restaurants in Nashville competing dozens and dozens of soups for you to try. Tickets are $25. Our They're on sale. Supplies are limited. We only can allow 1,000 people into the building at Nissan Stadium. Again, that's February 20th, Soup Sunday. All of the proceeds benefiting our kids, of course, a nonprofit specializing in child sexual abuse here in Nashville. Eat some food and help some kids. What's not to love? And, of course, again, special thanks to the Kingston Group for donating their time on this show to the wonderful folks at Our Kids. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Check out the YouTube page, the socials, share the show, all that great stuff. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, February 9th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.